0: Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet.
1: I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience.
0: We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. (laughs) Not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. Thank you for listening. My guest today is Leon Logothetis. Before we get to Leon, I have some announcements, and that is, of course, check out the website, TravelTalesPodcast.com, go there, and you can see links to all our social media, which is, of course, Twitter, TravelTalesPod on Twitter, Instagram, TravelTalesPodcast, and Facebook, TravelTalesPodcast on Facebook as well. And there are links to Stitcher Radio and iTunes, and if you're on iTunes, I ask you, as always, to give us a good rating because that boosts our presence and helps people find the show. You can also, if you go to the website and click under podcasts, you can see photos of the guests on the show, and you can see links to all their social media as well. And some of them have a lot of social media to link to, so it's so much easier to find them in the one-stop shop. That is TravelTalesPodcast.com. If you want to write me, it's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. Travel Tales podcast at gmail.com. Leon Logothetis is a global adventurer. He's a motivational speaker. He's a philanthropist and uh, wasn't always that way. He started out in the financial industry in London and uh, it was killing his soul. And uh, he decided to make travel a part of his life, a huge part of his life, but he did it in a very unique way. He's got books, he's got uh, a travel show on Netflix. He's a motivational speaker, and he made the bold decision to travel the world with little to no money and get by just on the kindness of strangers, which is a pretty ballsy thing to do, let's face it. It was a pleasure to meet him. I admire him, and he's a very interesting dude. Please enjoy my conversation with Leon Logothetis. you got
1: to be cruel to be kind in the right measure. Cruel to be kind, it's a very good
0: Logothetis. And I can tell from your accent, you are from Alabama,
1: something like that?
0: Am I close? I'm, Am I I'm, close? I'm
1: actually from southern Alabama, so <laughs> you're pretty close. I like it.
0: Where are you from? London. Okay. And what brings you to California, and how long have
1: you been here? So I've been here since 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, when you grow up in England, yeah. it's uh, you have a lack of sun. Um, so California is the perfect place to uh, go to... Get some sun.
0: I know. Did you react okay with it? Did you get the? Oh, did you get to know your SPF and absolutely. your sunscreen? Absolutely. <laughs> well, tell me about the site and what made you start it.
1: The leonlogothetis.com dot com. Yes. Okay. Cool. So I used to be a broker in uh, in London, and on the outside I had everything, and on the inside I had. Pretty much nothing. Your soul was empty. It was indeed. Um, <laughs> I've heard
0: the story a couple times on the, uh,
1: on the podcast. Exactly. And uh, I ended up um, watching the movie The Motorcycle Diaries, which is a romanticized version of Che Guevara traveling around South America relying on kindness. And there was something about that movie that touched me in a really profound way. So I decided to quit my job and start traveling the world. On kindness. I mean, it wasn't that simple, it, you know, things happened before that, but that was the tipping point. And, it, and that's how it all began.
0: So where did you start the journey and how long did it go?
1: Well, that's a good question. Do you know, I, 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 the journey hasn't ended. Um, you know, I started it in 2005 and it's now 2017 and I keep on going. I mean, within that time frame, there've been lots of journeys, but the greater journey continues.
0: This is what I found uh, fascinating about your use. You did say you were relying on kindness. The kindness of strangers, as Tennessee Williams mm. would put it. How kind did you find people in general? And does it vary in different countries?
1: It's a, it's a good question. Look, more often than not, I would find people to, to be kind. Um, I feel like there's a generosity of spirit in the, in the human condition. But that doesn't mean that there aren't people out there that aren't kind. It doesn't mean that there aren't people out there who've suffered trauma or some something and they've lost contact with themselves. Um, I was one of them for many years. Uh, when I did my journeys around the world, like, for example, the first journey I did was I walked across America from Times Square to the Hollywood sign with nothing. Well, I had $5 <laughs> uh, a day. and. I would go up to people and out of those 10 people, nine of them would say no to help me. But that doesn't mean that they're unkind. It means that I'm a stranger. It means that they've got life. It means they've got kids. It means that they don't have time. Um, But you find that one person, the stars align. And um, there's an element of connectivity that happens that's that's really profound.
0: Well, I can say from living in New York, I'd lived in Brooklyn for about a a year and a half, Mm. and... uh, There's people coming up to you asking you for things Mm. every block. Mm. Did people just, it's easy, it's easy to get cold, you know, it's to it. So did people react to you and like, oh, here's another street person with a hustle?
1: Sure. There's, there's definitely none to that. And that's why I think you have to have a story and your story has to be authentic, has to be genuine. Um, and you have to be genuine because people respond to authenticness and they respond when they feel safe. And once all those things are in place, There's an element of, oh, okay, I'm going to be safe. Maybe I will listen to this chap, and if I can help him, I will. Who
0: was the first person that helped you, like, say, in New York? (laughs) And how long did it take for someone to help you? That's a great question. I have to think how to say this
1: tactfully. (laughs) So I was in Times Square, and it took about four or five hours to get some help. But I ended up meeting these two people, a gentleman called Don and a lady called Dominica. And let's say that Dom, Don was Dominica's agent. Okay. <laughs> and Dominica was a lady of the evening. Gotcha. Um, agent, that's a good word. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they decided to help me. Um, I just. For, like, a, for a price? No. No price. It was free. <laughs> okay. They took me <clears throat> to New Jersey. Um, it actually turned out that I went on the path, which is free to New Jersey, which I didn't realize it is free. Yeah. That's what I heard when I did it. It was free. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just to cross like to get yeah, to the next se- section and I ended up, um, they ended up buying me some food and then they said to me, can we come with you to LA? And I was like, look, unfortunately not. You can't come all the way with me, but you know, they helped. So you never know who's going to help. So they gave you food? Did they give you money or a place to stay? I couldn't accept money. Okay. Uh, They didn't give me a place to stay. They just gave me food.
0: Was that a rule that you had, that you don't accept money? Yes.
1: You can't give me money.
0: So what were you eating? How how were you living?
1: I was living with people in their houses. And they fed you? Yeah. Okay. And I went from A to B until I got to L.A., and that's how I ended up living here. Wow. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. So how long did it take? That first journey took about a month. A month? That's it? How to get yeah. the ga- you got across? Because there was a person in, in Illinois who... My bought, home state. Okay. Do you know Galesburg? Yes. Okay. So I met this guy in Galesburg. I couldn't accept money, but what he did was he went out to the, to the town and raised $110, then went and bought me a train ticket to Denver. So that's like a that's whole... That's a big chunk of it. Exactly. That's like 18 hours. Yeah. Uh, that's about a thousand oh, miles, yeah, a thousand miles in 18 hours. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get on a plane, but you know, so people would help. That's amazing.
0: How did he raise the money? You just, did he bring you around and say, yeah, listen to this guy's story? Exactly.
1: I mean, this guy was well
0: connected. Okay, so he'd obviously. go to like
1: the insurance place and say, Hey, I'm, I'm trying to raise hundred and ten dollars someone would give him three dollars then he'd go to the bakery they'd give him five dollars and then he took the money bought the ticket and gave it to me
0: so you're a stranger in a strange land and you walk up to these these people what the, like if you can give me a taste of your pitch what was your street pitch to, to people
1: <sighs> my street pitch <laughs> look ultimately my street pitch whenever i'm doing like a big journey because I, I traveled around the world as well on kindness, I would tell them about the journey. So, for example, the kindness diaries, um, the journey where I took the yellow motorbike around the world, I would go up to people and I'd tell them what I was doing. I'd say, hey, you know, I'm traveling around the world on this yellow motorbike. I'm relying entirely on the kindness of strangers. Is there any way that, that you can help? I wouldn't say immediately, okay, can I live in your house or can you buy me some food? I'd say, you know, is there any way you can help? And they'd look at me and they'd say no. Or they'd say yes. Sometimes I'd go up to them with something specific. Um, sometimes I'd go up to them with some humor. It really depends on the situation. It depends on the person. Did you find the fact that you
0: were uh, English maybe helped you in this, that you weren't, you weren't your average uh, street guy?
1: Yeah, in America it definitely helped, my English accent. And yes, it, it did help, the, f- the fact that I showed up in a way that, you know, I attempted to not be, not to cause people fear in any way absolutely it helped
0: it's amazing how much you can get away with with an english accent in america Oh, you can get a lot away with a lot <laughs> a lot did you do a test run in england before you came here did maybe go you know, from up to I, scotland or pretty something much try i to did get to, okay
1: i did a journey from london to scotland and back and that was kind of the test um and then the real journey started in america because to cross england it's not easy but it's easier than crossing a whole of america sure so uh, when you weren't taking the bus did you hitchhike i mean how did you get a primarily crash? hitchhiking wow yeah and that can be scary it can be but again you get a sense you get a sixth sense we all have a sixth sense but some people aren't really in tune with it you know who to approach who not to approach you know who to stay with who not to stay with i remember i was in arizona and it was i was in a bar it's like 9 p.m and i went up to this guy and we started talking and i said to him um, you know, can I stay with you? And he said, you know, you can stay with me, uh, but I live out in the desert. There is no phone. There are no phones. There's no internet. Um, and it's just, it'll just be me and you. I've seen the movie. I, this is where you die, right? This, well, is, this well, is the
0: point where you, my brain is going, okay, but, this is how it all ends. Well,
1: exactly. Yeah. So I, I was like, mm, thank you so much, but I think I'm, I'll say no to that.
0: Right. You're in the hills have eyes territory. Exactly, there. exactly. So uh, any other ones you've just passed on? You just The red flags just went up and you just went, no. Yeah,
1: red flags. You know, I've, I've, um, in The kinds Diaries, I ended up staying with a homeless chap. Um, And there weren't red flags there, but there were other homeless chaps who had offered to help me. And it just didn't feel right. So I said no.
0: What about um, not finding accommodation? Did you ever resort to sleeping on a park bench or on the street? I I did.
1: Uh, When I did the the Kindness Diaries, I slept in the bike. Um, And I also slept on the streets of Pittsburgh for for one night with this other homeless chap who who I mentioned who was very helpful. I stayed with him.
0: Now, you're mentioning the Kindness Diaries. Tell people what that is, and is that a separate site from your own site?
1: No, I mean, the Leon Logothetis site is basically has all the adventures, um, and the Kindness Diaries is a journey that is actually on Netflix, um, and I ended up taking a vintage yellow motorbike and circumnavigating the world on kindness. Uh, but there was a twist, and that was that unsuspecting good Samaritans received a life-changing gift.
0: No. And it's a very gift. Is it the same
1: gift? Or you... No, no, it depends on the person. Okay. For example, the homeless guy, we ended up putting him up in an apartment and sending him back to school. Oh, wow. Yeah, there was, um, there was a, a poor Montenegrin farmer who we ended up, uh, I ended up giving a free cow to. All these things. <laughs> it was quite bizarre. So what point
0: after you made it to California, when did the Netflix pitch start? When did you, this concept come up yeah, for a so, show?
1: The first journey I did was walking across America. Um, and then a couple of years later, after having gone back to work sitting behind a desk, I started the Kindness Diaries. Um, and that's, that came out a couple of months ago. Um, yeah, so that's really how that happened. It was quite a few years after I arrived. So, after you
0: did this whole kindness trip across America, you actually went back to work? I did. I did. Well, that must have been tough to go back. It wasn't fun. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so uh, after America, what was the next overseas trip? And also, when did, did you have the site? Did you have the, your own personal site as you were doing this? And could you refer people to that? No.
1: I, if my memory serves me correct, I did not have my own personal site when I started the journey in America. Um, the site came a few years later. But there was some press from what I did. So, you know, I could send people and say, look, you know, take a look at this. This is what I did.
0: Was there always a point to have a blog or a, at least that
1: or, or record it in some yeah, way? Yeah, yeah, no, the aim was always to, to share it because I, I wanted people to be inspired by it and to see that, look, if I can do it, then why can't you? So you, after the uh, U.S. trip, what was the next one? And what country did you want to go to? So after the U.S. trip, I walked or hitchhiked from um, the Eiffel Tower to Red Square in Moscow. Oh my gosh! Um, and I uh, did that on five euros a day. Yeah, it was it was an interesting journey. Um, and that was that was that was the journey that I did after the American one. So now you're running into uh, language.
0: Barriers and things.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, when you travel across Europe, many people speak English. Yeah. But uh, also, many people don't because, you know, they live in Poland. And yeah, your highfalutin English.
0: English accent ain't going to help you over exactly, there, my friend. Exactly. <laughs>
1: um, so I ended up uh, having some language issues, but it all worked itself out. Do you speak any other language?
0: I speak Greek. Oh, well, that. Yeah. That helps you in one place. In one place, not in (laughs) Poland. Right. And the west side of Chicago. That helps you a little bit there. Exactly, exactly. And Astoria. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So in terms of uh, uh, the Europe trip, how long did that take? That took uh, five weeks. Five weeks? I think five, yeah, five weeks. Along that path, what was the uh, biggest obstacle, the toughest country you went through? getting into russia yeah that's got it. that's not easy you didn't have a visa or
1: anything oh no i did oh you did, did. okay like on all the journeys like for example even in the kindness diaries because i'm traveling the world i had to pay for the visas because if i'd arrived without a visa you'd get
0: thrown in jail exactly or, whatever, yeah. or they'd say
1: <laughs> if i said to them can you give me one free they'd look at me like i was insane and say no <laughs> so i had visas okay so um, what was the biggest
0: stumbling block in europe
1: the Russian border That makes sense Because they weren't Particularly pleased To see me um, And I ended up Having to uh, Find a, a way To get past The Russians yeah. In across. terms of kindness
0: The Russians Not known for their kindness
1: um, To strangers Yeah
0: Maybe to each other But yeah, not to strangers
1: Yeah I had some issues But <laughs> I did meet Some kind Russians So you know There were definitely There were some Lovely Russians out there But there were also Some tougher ones
0: Mm-hmm and did they look at you like you were insane for doing what you're doing?
1: Yeah, most people do. Yeah. <laughs> they look at me like I'm insane.
0: <laughs> what was the oddest place you slept in
1: like, on, on that European? On trip. that journey? Hmm, I slept. I was in Barcelona. I met this guy in the um, train station, and uh, he invited me to sleep on his boat. Mm-hmm. So I ended up sleeping on his boat. I, where else did I sleep? I slept in, I think that was the most random place I can't really remember any more random places in, in... I slept... When I was in America, I slept in a fire station. <laughs> when I was doing the English journey, I slept in a fire station. Um, yeah.
0: What about, in all these trips, uh, uh, food and water? I mean, what were the... What's, say, the hungri- hungriest you've ever gotten? And, and did it ever get to a breaking point, and you're like, what am no, I doing? Not
1: really with hunger. I mean, I, I would always find people to help. But... There were some days when you know I'd only eat once or something, but eating once is fine. Do you find?
0: Uh, did you ask in restaurants, or was it was mostly in people's homes and they gave?
1: Yeah, no, food I would never really homes. walk into a restaurant and ask. Actually, yeah. in saying that,
0: I, I did <laughs> do that a few okay. times. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Are, like, you're th- are you throwing anything away? Is yeah, anything you know, yeah, no,
1: I, there, I, is the bread going bad before you throw that away? Yeah, no, I would sometimes actually do that. I would ask if they would help, but. Mm-hmm. My, I would sometimes stayed in some hotels. I told them what was going on.
0: Okay, so after, you said you made it around the world. Yeah. After Europe, what was the next stop? Did you go through Asia then?
1: No. After Europe, I went back, came back to America. Um, see, the journeys weren't a continuous. Okay. So they, I didn't, like, leave in 2005, and I've spent 12 years relying on kindness because I, I, I would like to be able to turn the TV on and be able to go to Starbucks and no, buy myself I, a coffee. I get it. <laughs> I get it. But the next journey that I did was I I purchased a vintage um, English taxi cab. Uh, A black cab? No, yes, but it was green. Sometimes they're green. (laughs) And I called it the kindness cab and I drove it from Times Square again to the Hollywood sign again, but this time giving free cab rides to people. So you'd get into my cab. You could call me from Facebook or Twitter and I'd I'd have the kindness cab hotline (laughs) and I'd pick you up and just take you where you needed to be. Um, And and your meter would go towards charity. So you wouldn't pay for anything. And I did that across America. And I don't know what it is about buying vintage things, but the. The cab kept breaking down. I had money, so I could fix it. Yeah, but still, you know.
0: By the way, you know, reputation of British uh, automobiles in the past, not yes.
1: the not the best. But for it, and it was 1986. Oh, so it was very old. Rough
0: time. Yes. How did you get this thing serviced? Where did, is there? Did you find one place that has the parts for a, this?
1: A, any random person could actually fix it because it was built in America. Oh, so GM parts or something? I'm not sure the parts, what they were, but they were easily fixable.
0: Oh, lucky you. Exactly. (laughs) Was the uh, steering wheel still on the right side?
1: No, the steering wheel was on the left side. Interesting. Because it was built specifically for the American market. Oh, where did you you pick it up? In Santa Fe, New Mexico. Oh, my God. Mm.
0: Thank God for Craigslist. You can get anything, can't you? Exactly. Um, What did you find? uh, What was the... Just uh, if you can think of any great anecdotes from that cab ride across America what were some of the that really stand out in your mind
1: look I think what stands out is that there's a kindness deficit in our society and getting worse it is yet everyone many people most people really want to feel connected Um, and kindness is part of who we are as human beings sometimes people say to me kindness is a virtue and I say not really kindness is, is part of who you are and if you're not kind, if you don't have compassion or empathy, you're just not connected to that part of yourself. So that was the greatest thing that I learned, that so many people out there crave the, uh, the compassion of another human being, the kindness and the connection. Yet we don't, many of us don't have it.
0: Do you think we're, with uh, the computer age and everything and, and uh, social media and everything like that, we're losing some of it more and more an actual human connection
1: we are losing it and I think it's very dangerous when you lose a part of your humanity Um, a lot of the travels I've spent, I've met people that aren't really affected that much by technology, it doesn't mean they don't have phones, they do, some of them don't but most of them do, but they're not as affected as we are, it's all pervasive here and yet those people, they're still connected like I was in Bali I was driving around on my little scooter, and you see people sitting down talking to each other. No, you know, in circles, no TVs, no phones. I mean, they have phones, but they were just in that moment talking to each other. And we don't do that. We don't sit and talk to each other. (laughs) Uh, It's like we've lost that capacity.
0: If you had to rank the countries that you went to, and I mean, this is not, but in a general way, what were a few of the ones that just blew you away with uh, the kindness of just general people? Were there some that really come to mind?
1: Yeah, I would say definitely Bhutan. So I've B- never been. Yeah, Bhutan is a country northeast of India, and they have a thing called Gross National Happiness, where they determine the success of the country by the happiness of the people. Oh, I've heard this. Yeah. Yeah, yes. it's, and it's an amazing place. I mean, not everyone's kind, I'm sure, but I only met kind people, uh, <laughs> and they just come from their hearts, and there's so much joy. And you can, you know, when you you kind of meet and get inspired by the way someone shows up in life, that's how it happens in Bhutan. I would say also Bali. Bali is, been mag- there, is yeah. magical. Magical. You've been there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, you know the Balinese people. Sure. Um, I would say those two places. But again, I was in Tanzania. I was there too? Okay, where were you in Tanzania? Well, I did
0: Kilimanjaro and then okay. the Ngorogoro Crater and that kind of okay. thing.
1: so you know again that, that Tanzania is filled with magical people. Yeah. Again, you know, I'm sure there are people there that aren't particularly pleasant, but uh, the majority of them seem to come from their hearts, which is different to the Western world in many ways. We come from our heads. Where did the uh, Africa journey start and end? Oh, well, that was just a one-time journey. I, I just was in Tanzania. Okay. Yeah.
0: For for just on your own, or were you shooting? Well, that's an interesting story. So
1: I decided that I was going to um, do a uh, get a wooden raft, which is basically like a local uh, fishing boat, and and sail it down the east coast of Tanzania. Well, they only have one coast, so whatever. The coast of Tanzania. That was in Zanzibar too. Yeah. So I did that. Yeah, Zanzibar. And uh, the only problem was, A, none of us knew how to sail. That's a problem. Big problem. B, we sank after one hour. Bigger problem. Yeah. So <laughs> we gave up and went on holiday instead. <laughs> In, did you stay in Zanzibar? Did you go there? Yeah, I went to Zanzibar. I love Zanzibar. Isn't it beautiful, huh? Yeah, it's really lovely. Mm-hmm. And a great vibe
0: as well. Oh, absolutely. So you hadn't done the kindness tour across no, Africa? No, that
1: wasn't. We were actually working on doing a kindness tour. We came close to doing it, to go from South Africa to Finland. Oh, uh, gosh. But we, we didn't do it in the end.
0: Did... Uh... Well, I know some of your videos online that shows you getting thrown out of places and people getting angry. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Tell me about some of those incidents, and uh, did you ever fear for your safety at all?
1: Yeah, I mean, I never really feared because I always, because I've traveled so much, I know when to get myself into, what situation to get myself into, and if i made a mistake, I know how to get out of it, mostly. I mean, that doesn't happen. You can't be safe all the time. Um, but, uh, you know, if someone gets angry at me, that's okay. Who am I to, to come up to you in the first place and ask you for help? And if you want to get angry, get angry. It's okay. I'll just diffuse the situation and walk off.
0: And no physical, uh, ab- no, no.
1: Okay. Thank gosh.
0: Yeah. So who was, uh, on the clips I saw, who was shooting that? Did you go with somebody? Or yeah. I'm yeah. a, a cameraman. Oh, you do. Okay.
1: Yeah. It, it depends on the size of the shoot. So, for example, for The Kindness Diaries, there were three people that followed me. Sometimes it went up to four. Um, the other shows, it was three. Uh, some of the shows, it's one. It really depends.
0: So uh, tell me about uh, Netflix and The Kindness Diaries and, and how many episodes you've done and how many more are coming.
1: Sure. So the episode, I did 13 episodes for The Kindness Diaries. Um, All in America? No, no. Oh. I, I, I went from L.A. to New York, got on a ship went to Spain from Spain. I went to Vietnam and from Vietnam, I went to Vancouver and from Vancouver, I went to LA.
0: Okay. You didn't cross these oceans on kindness. Did you?
1: I did. I did. (laughs) How do you take it? I did. Did you work on the ship? Mm, Sometimes. Most of the time I didn't, but I did do some work. Basically what I did was I called up all these shipping companies and they all said no.
0: Oh, like merchant Marines. Yes. Okay.
1: But I ended up finding one that said yes. uh, And I crossed the oceans. Oh my gosh. Well, tell me about that. What did they have you doing on the on the ship? Well, they had me doing stuff that wouldn't cause a problem for anyone. Maybe like painting the floor, yeah, okay, or things like that <laughs> that, that weren't going to get any uh, get us into trouble. How long did it take to cross the Atlantic? Took ten days. Uh-huh. To cross the Pacific took nineteen. Whew. Man, yeah. mm.
0: that's a lot of time.
1: It is, but the nineteen days after you've just basically gone from LA to Vietnam, you need 19 days to recover. Yeah. So there was a lot of like <laughs> rest needed.
0: How did you like Vietnam? It's one of my favorite countries. I've I been like there Vietnam. a couple times. I, thought I it was great. really
1: only went to Ho Chi Minh city. So I didn't really see much of okay. Vietnam. Um, but I liked it. I liked the vibe. I liked the yeah. people. I mean, they're, they're a bit nuts when it comes to the bikes. Oh my they, gosh. The, 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 you feel like you're going to die every like 10 seconds. It's like
0: nothing you've ever seen. And, and I had to tell people that who go there, you have to just forget all common sense and walk out into traffic. Mm. Or you'll never be able mm. to cross the street. And yes. you just assume they're going to go around you. And they yes. do. Yes, they but do. you have to throw away your, that part of your brain and go, I'm going to die. Yes, Just, just walk exactly. and trust them. It's really strange. Exactly. So you did
1: 13 episodes. Yes. Okay. Plans for more? Or? Yeah, we're working on a second season. And the second season will be an electric car. Uh, in the first season, the bike was called Kindness One, uh, like Air Force One, but a little bit yellower. And in season two, it'll be a Kindness Two, um, and it'll be more powered by electricity.
0: So how long are these breaks in between to, for you to recover and really come depends. here and have your Starbucks? And Yeah, it really
1: depends. I <laughs> uh, just finished a speaking tour um, for six weeks. And now I'm kind of free, just doing some stuff, and who knows what will happen next.
0: Is it mostly the speaking? Is it uh, corporations or organizations? It
1: depends. It can be corporations. It can be schools. I'm actually working on a new tour in the fall, um, and that's for schools and corporations. What are you finding when you go to schools?
0: Are are these universities?
1: Some universities,
0: mostly high schools,
1: middle schools. What do the kids mostly ask you about? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the school uh, speeches are really about anti-bullying and being kind to each other. But then when I do the Q&A, they are, all ask me about the kindness diaries. So like, <laughs> you know, how did you manage to cross the language barrier? Yeah. How, you know, did you, is, Did does kindness one still work? Where is <laughs> kindness one? All this kind of stuff.
0: Um do you see uh, – where did the um, bullying part come in? Is that been yeah. a cause of yours for a while?
1: Yeah, so when I was a kid, I was bullied um, pretty badly, and it affected me. And uh, I, wanted, I wanted kids to know that, that it's not okay and that, that there were people out there that, that, that care. And uh, if you share your pain and you share what's going on, then um, you have hope. So to to do just that, to share it with someone safe. Um, And I try and teach the kids that kindness is is not rocket science. And how you treat someone matters. And if you feel like you matter, then the person sitting next to you matters. So how you treat that person and how you can make someone feel less alone can truly shift a life. That's really the message. So
0: uh, since we're in America and I live here, most of our listeners are from here, uh, in terms of your trips across America, what did you find out about America? What did you learn, and how is it different from how you may have perceived it before your trip?
1: Look, you know, what I learned about America is that there are two different worlds. There's the world, on some level, the news portrays to everyone, which is hatred. And then there's the real world. And the real world is that there's so much goodness and so much generosity out there. Yeah, I'm sure there are people that hate. I get it. That's just part of humanity as well. But there are so many more people that don't hate. And going out into America and meeting all these people was a beautiful experience.
0: Did you find the same thing in most countries, like, say, Russia? Because people have – I still haven't been, and there's, we all have preconceived notions. Yeah, Did you find the same are, thing there? There
1: are definitely preconceived notions in all <laughs> places you go. Yeah, um, And sometimes those preconceived notions are truer than others, and oft, but often they're not. What have
0: been places that really blew you away? You say uh, Bhutan was one that that you were very you know pleasantly surprised about. Were there others that you want to go
1: back to just on your own? And oh yes, you love? there are some places. Oman. Oh, I haven't been. Which is just south of Saudi Arabia and right next to Yemen. You would think, oh, I'm not going to Oman, <laughs> but who oh, first of all, a it's a very safe place. B the people are just so gracious and it's so beautiful uh, from the scenery perspective i would suggest oman i mean it sounds weird but it's a beautiful beautiful place no i'd love it. i'd love to check it out did you go to saudi arabia too no i haven't been there yeah arabia. i haven't been
0: there either um is there a country that you're okay with uh, never going back to <laughs> it was like, you know what? I don't need to come back here anytime soon. Do you, do you soon.
1: know what? There, there is one specific country, but if I say it, I'm I'm going to be <laughs> okay afterwards. I have so you much, tell much me. hate mail. So I won't say it. Um, what do you think your
0: trips have taught you about people in general and human beings
1: and how we react to one another? Uh, the, the greatest lesson I learned, without a shadow of a doubt, is that ultimately we all want to be seen doesn't matter where you are doesn't matter where you live doesn't matter what color you are doesn't matter what religion you are we are ultimately the same yes we have unique differences and you know unique cultures but at base as human beings we simply just want to be seen and what do i mean by being seen i mean being loved i mean being heard i mean making ourselves feel like we matter that's, what, that, that's the greatest lesson I learned. We are the same. So when you're walking in the streets and you, and, you, and you see someone who you feel is beneath you or you see someone who you feel is acting in a way that you wouldn't act, at base they just want to be seen and they're just going out of their way. They, you know, Sometimes we, we need to be seen so we'll do it in any way we can. Uh, another thing I, I learned was about non-judgment. I used to judge. I used to look at people and, and look down on them. And then one day I realized, after many humbling experiences, I realized, hold on, if I judge you, I have to judge myself. And if I judge myself, there are going to be many, many books I need to write about, about you know, all the things I've done that haven't been particularly good. So I decided, you know what, I'm just going to stop judging you because I don't want to judge myself.
0: Now, when you walk through life now... Um Say in terms of uh, the homeless, say, and there's a lot of street people. We're in L.A., which has the biggest homeless population in the U.S., and right now we're in Santa Monica, which is a huge mm. homeless population. When you, so many people approach you on the sidewalk or you see them, how do you react to them now going through what you've been
1: through and look at them? It's a very good question. So, look, you know, I'm not a saint. I can't help everyone. There are times when I will just walk past a homeless person and, and I won't see them because I have a, I have stuff I'm doing and I'm not perfect. But there are times when I do see them, and there are times when I'll stop and I'll talk to them, and I'll see them. There was actually a guy in Santa Monica a couple of days ago, um, a guy called Herbert, who I was just sitting down waiting to go meet a friend, and I saw this guy. He was a little bit disheveled, not fully disheveled, but a little bit disheveled, and he was walking on one of those big crosswalks. And I looked at him and I thought, and looked at everyone else, and I thought, no one is seeing this guy. No one sees this man. So I decided to go and start talking to him. And I went up, started talking to him. And I didn't end up giving him anything. But I spent 10, 15 minutes with him, and I made sure that he felt like he mattered in that moment. Uh, and that's, that's the most important thing you can do. Yes, great. Buy them some food if you want. Maybe help them out in another way. But... Uh, Help them to feel like they matter.
0: I think that's uh, when we look at something like Twitter, that just seems to be just millions of people shouting out there wanting to be heard in some way. Mm. And they're not listening, but they're shouting out there just to be heard. Mm. I think so much of that, I don't know if that's helping us as a society or, I mean, people used to just have to leave their
1: house to do it. And now I think it seems colder in a way. There's definitely none to that. Um, And I think you're right about Twitter. I think you're right about social media. I think social media is is great. Um, But I think that it connects people. But it's not... not, If you don't connect with someone face-to-face and you don't feel that other human being, then you're not really connecting. Um, So take it off social media into the real world. Social media is a good introduction but then go out into the real world and meet someone.
0: And also people are far crueler when it's anonymous and when they don't have any,
1: if the per- they would never say
0: these things if the person was standing in front of them.
1: Well, bear in mind that what you say, whether you say it in person or whether you say it online, affects a human being profoundly and your words matter. And if you go out into the world and share with a, a hateful heart, you are affecting the world in a hateful way it doesn't mean that you have to be like gandhi all the time not that gandhi was all the time kind because he wasn't but um, my point is you don't have to always go out into the world and spread love and kindness because you're not a saint or well, maybe you are but for those of us that aren't just you know try your best yeah what you say matters how you show up matters when you look at that when you look
0: back at that guy who was behind that desk in 2005 and look at who you are now how have you change as a person? And and what was your
1: journey been? (laughs) That's a good question. Well, let me be blunt. The person sitting behind that desk was a bit of an asshole. (laughs) Just being blunt with you, um, in a PG 13 way. Um, and over time after meeting many people, after seeing the world, after falling down, after getting up, I feel like I'm less of an asshole and more connected um, I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but I do try my best to, um, show up with some grace to show up and make people feel like they matter. Um, and, and I think that's the biggest change. My words matter irrelevant of whether I'm on a podcast, irrelevant, whether I'm, you know, on a, on a, on a show. My words matter when I go to Starbucks, <laughs> they matter.
0: What's the plan moving forward, uh, either with the show or the site or yourself personally? I mean, is there a thought of you see yourself maybe staying in one place
1: uh, eventually? Or Yeah, I mean, look, I'm always going to have a traveling spirit. Sure. But um, I, I would like to have a more concrete base. And hopefully that can happen. But without travel and without experiencing life out there in the world, then it'd be a bit boring. (laughs) What
0: about the show and what's next for that?
1: Yeah. So the show, well, the show you can watch on Netflix, but, um, I'm going to be doing the season two we talked about, which was the yellow motorbike. Yeah, no, not the yellow motorbike. Please don't talk to me about the yellow (laughs) motorbike. Um, I love the yellow motorbike, but I also have a love hate relationship with it because it kept breaking down. (laughs) Um, so we're going to switch it to a yellow car, which I hope will work
0: in uh, have you chosen the, the country yet or the
1: we're thinking about either doing the the top of all the way up from Alaska all the way down to um, Tierra del Fuego the whole exactly.
0: deal exactly wow i was just down there I was in Ushuaia oh i've always
1: wanted that's to the bottom go to that's Ushuaia. that's where
0: your journey will end yeah 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 yeah, yeah the end of the road
1: been a desire to go to ushuaia it's,
0: i was working on a cruise ship to uh, antarctica And so, yeah, it's beautiful. beautiful. It might be tough to do there by kindness, but maybe you can do it. You never know. If you You can work on a cruise ship. You never know. I'm I'm telling jokes. Maybe they'll pay you to do it. There you go. There you go. (laughs) There you go. And finally, if if you want to, um, this is where you can plug all your sites and
1: where people can find all your stuff. So go ahead, plug away. Sure. So you can find my show on netflix it's the kindness diaries um and i also wrote there's a book called the kindness diaries as well and i wrote a, another book called live love explore which is about finding the uh, your your true path in life uh, but really if you want to get a feel for the adventure uh, it's the kindness diaries on netflix Okay. Uh, are you on uh, Twitter, Instagram, any of yeah, those? Yeah, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, just to put my name in. Okay. Uh, my name, it's difficult to spell, but you can. <laughs> I'm sure you're going to have like a link. Yeah, yeah, I'll have links to all this yeah, on, yeah, yeah. on our site. And uh, is
0: there any uh, anti-bullying uh, charity or anything, organization that you support? Um,
1: well, I have an organization of my own called the Human Interaction Project, whereby you can go out into the world and... Um, uh, volunteer, uh, maybe in Cambodia, maybe in Peru. Some guy just came back from Ghana. Um, you find um, a person that you can help financially, will will help them, and then you have to give a speech about your experiences. So that's that's the main thing. And really, from the anti-bullying perspective, it's about me coming and giving a speech at the school or your business. I mean, for the business, it's not about bullying; it's about kindness. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the best way. So if you want to uh, have me speak, just just send me a message on my website.
0: Awesome. Well, Liam, it was nice to meet you, man. Yeah. Thanks for doing it's this. It's a pleasure. And uh, out of kindness, I can go buy you a cup of coffee if you'd like. That'd be great. Thank <laughs> you right. very much. Thanks, man. appreciate right. it. Thanks, man.